Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I don't know where you're watching this from. My name is Vivian Aquart, the Workplace Wellness Advocate, and I advise companies by keeping their people healthy, happy, and safe. And I'm also a nerdy, but today will be a very interesting conversation. But before I start with you know, introducing my guest speakers and doing the normal actual route, what I do normally, I just want to know, are you team live? And if you're team live, where are you watching from? Let me know so that I, A, can include you in this conversation. B, just give you a shout out and C, I always like the love. And I think my guest speakers also like the love. They also want to know where you're watching from. So please let me know so that I can include you in the conversation. And I'm really looking forward to see more people engage from LinkedIn because now I have the opportunity to look you in the eye, engage with you and not look on my phone to see any comments. So if you're, you, you are on LinkedIn, let me know if you can hear every, everything good. Is the sound good? Can you see me? Can you hear me? So that we can get this party started, right? Um, share the love. Yes, I can see a first comment. I can see, hey, Shay. Thank you, Shay, for Shay Hardy from watching from Amsterdam. Yes, that's so cool. And let me see. Share the love. So tag somebody or share this, this episode because this is an episode about a topic that everybody's thinking about, but may, maybe you're not, you know, you don't know how to address it at the in the workplace or how to talk with it, talk about it with your manager. Returning back to work, are you comfortable with that? And if you're not comfortable with that, we're also going to address that later on. But first, we are going to start with something that I recently saw in Forbes. And it is something that, you know, a lot of people are, are dealing with this at the moment with grief. Not only are they in a lockdown, but they also had to say goodbye to their loved ones. And with this lockdown, it's not that you can grieve and say goodbye in a normal way. You, we, we also have to be mindful that people are losing their loved ones and we have to be respectful that it can take some time for them to, um, for them to function in a, in a, in maybe in the old way or maybe in a new, new normal, but be mindful. And that's why I'm, I was supposed to share my screen, but I'm not sharing my screen all this time. I wasn't sharing my screen. That's some of the bloopers that happened. So, um, maybe I'm a bit nervous. I have a lot of things to do today, but I had to share this. So this is the article that I was referring to. Um, it has to do with supporting your people, supporting your people, talk to them, find a way to support them. And if you can't support them, find a way to support them in some other way, in external support, in external coaching. I recently did a conversation regarding uh, mental health with three lovely ladies, and you should definitely look into that. And also know that this broadcast is also going to be converted in a podcast. So if you want to only listen back, Look up Let's Humanize the Workplace on iTunes on, on all the favorite podcast stations and you can listen to it because I can imagine that being, you know, being on call, watching the monitor, watching this episode might be too much. So if you only want to listen, 
listen. And if you only want to watch, then you can watch, be my guest. Know that if you comment, I will include you. So thank you for watching. Um, this is very interesting, which brings us to today's conversation. And that is um, inspired by a song from Soul to Soul, Back to Life, Back to Reality. I'm not going to sing it, but those who are from the 80s, the, 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 I think it's late 80s, they know this song, Back to Life, Back to Reality. And it's so fitting into the now. It's so fitting for this conversation today because I have been seeing so many articles, so many, um, been listening to some of the podcasts that where people are sharing like, okay, companies are nudging people to go back to work. But then again, Google is sharing that they are allowing their people to work from home till the end of the year. And in that case, I'm curious to hear what you are going to do. Are you going to be working from home more? Or are you going to be flexible, work some from time to time, or are you uh, going back to the office 100%? Just let me know. <laughs> Shay saying back to life. Yes, back to life indeed. Let me see. Okay, I'm going to bring the guest speakers one by one. So, Rashita Jones is a building human-centered HR practices using agile HR, design thinking, and technology to enrich the employee experience. Messalina Tiro is tra a trained cultural anthropologist who turned strategic communicator who helps companies to reimagine their communication and make them stick. That's going to be very interesting. And last but not least is TEDx speaker Sambrita Moitra is a global strategist on hacking the brain to transform behavior, communication, and leadership presence during crisis. Okay, ladies, I shared this article with you. And first of all, thank you for being here tonight. It's very exciting to have, you know, different experts, different ladies uh, on the panel. And I shared this article with you. And it was about welcoming people back in the office, but they were being monitored. They were being tracked. When you listen to this to this podcast, it was a podcast. What did you think? So I'm going to start with Miss Alina. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's something that that we probably need to have um, a there's going to be a bit of discomfort in the beginning when that happens right um because of course not everyone is going to be on the same page um and there's probably going to be a little bit of apprehension from both sides um so i think it's going it's going to be a very interesting development as to how that's going to unfold um any other ladies want to step in on this yeah Rishida. I mean, to be honest, when I, you know, when I looked at the tag and it says, you know, your every move is going to be watched, uh -huh. um, the two main things came to mind. One, I don't think it's any different to what's happening right now. And number two, if you look at what's happening right now, we have, um, you know, if you look at figures, 120,000 uh, people a year are dying due to stress-related, um, you know, causes, you know, burnout, workplace stress. Uh, if I tell you that your line manager is more responsible or is more accountable for your health than your doctor, that's also giving a message. 
So um, if, if you look at how much um, illnesses, burnout and stress is costing your organization, um, and if you look at that, then you look at basically that statement, it, it tells you what is the reality of your workplace. Yeah. So if you think that is giving you a productive and engaging um, a con a connectivity uh, in your work environment, then ask yourself the question, is it really worth it? And how much, you know, what's the trade-off there? True. And Sombrisa? I have a question actually to the people who uh, encourage these practices. Maybe they're watching this too, who knows? Mm -hmm. Unlike yeah, Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great conversation? And mm -hmm. I think my, my question would be, do you expect your people to be their best when we don't offer them psychological safety? Yes. Are they yeah. feeling psychologically safe to, to be the best version of themselves and bring their 150% when they get back to work? I, I see so many organizations, you know, in the past it's happened, they've come to me and they've said, oh, we, we would love for you to speak to our team or to our company. You know, we want people to take more risks. We want them to be more daring. They're not being daring enough. And every time any leader says that, that's like a red flag in my head. And I start asking and basically what happens is they don't have a culture of embracing failure. They don't have a culture of allowing people to feel psychologically safe. Without that, how do you expect people to take risks, take challenges, and uh, feel the comfort to explore their their highest possibilities? Yes, I I totally understand. And uh, regarding to feeling psychology, psychology, uh, regarding to feeling that safety. Sorry, I'm having a trouble with a few words. Regarding to feeling that safety in the workplace, because now people are dealing with the fact that they are in a lockdown for a few months, a few weeks, and now we're asking them or nudging them to come back to the workplace so that we can, so that the workplace can monitor you. I mean, come on, why do I need to fill in service before I go to work? Or why do people need to fill in, uh, share their health conditions before they go to work? Um, this is based on the interview, of course, on the podcast, um, uh, which is in the Wall Street Journal. And I know that we are in the Netherlands and that the Netherlands, we, we have a few laws that protect the people. But then again, is it necessary to, uh, to do this to win the trust back? Do we trust our people? I think, um, you know, I, I really have to, to agree with Rashid on what she was saying. Um, mm -hmm. I think it will come down to how you communicate it. Yeah. Um, but then also in communicating the benefits of monitoring um, your employees. Because okay, what's, what's the, okay, okay, hold, hold up, hold up. We are at a fireside chat. The benefits of monitoring? Yes, yeah, because okay. Okay, so if, you, if you back up a little bit, we're talking about humanizing the workplace. Yeah. Um, you know, and especially when people are coming back from mm -hmm. such a, it's, it's been a crazy experience and it's still a crazy experience. Um, and we've had ups and downs and of course, people can say I'm adapting to here and there, but I myself, I'm really struggling to work from home. Mm -hmm. uh, and that has a lot um, of toll on, you know, my mental health and, and my relationships, et cetera. So what Rashida said about, um, you know, like as a headline, we're going to be monitoring you. That of course sounds very, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, you're very? taking by it. But if you yeah. look at the human aspect of that, like if we really look at like the, you know, the, the angle as to where that's coming from, mm -hmm. Rashida was talking about, um, the need to be able to ensure that people are actually taking their breaks. 
that they're not stressed out and just looking at the computer. You know, like I, I and correct me if I'm wrong, Rashida, but that's how that's the angle that I was hearing. I was reading it, hearing it from like an HR safety perspective, and really being able to support you know your employees. Um, and I understand sure. that, but I have to add on something to that because are yeah. you referring to the monitoring done at home, or are you referring to the monitoring done in the workplace, or both? Um, yeah, I think I both. In the beginning, I was it was talking more about, you know, the article going back and then being mm -hmm. monitored. But then um, I think also there needs to be some sort of monitor and monitoring sounds like such a terrible word right now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, just, just as a way um, to, yeah, just a, a check-in, Let, let's call it check-in, yeah. just to be yeah. able to check in to see how people are doing. And maybe it's a transparent conversation saying, you know, I don't need you to be looking at me 24 hours a day. Um, but there needs to be some sort of um, guideline as to making sure that people remain mentally healthy and that they don't feel stressed and anxious, that they need to be online all the time. Okay. You know, like as an example, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like being in the workplace, um, everyone is on Teams. So I felt like when all of a sudden people had to be working virtually, I, I got the sense that the culture then turned into, if I'm not online, they don't think I'm working. And of course, yeah. that has a lot to do with the fact that, um, you know, it's about the company culture, et cetera. But it's also people being people being scared for their jobs. So then, you know, being online is a sort of um, way of showing that, hey, I'm working, I'm online. Mm -hmm. So then the whole monitoring thing. So if you look at it from a positive perspective, then maybe it's mostly leaders and managers saying, OK, like you don't need to be online all the time. Or I see that you're, um, you know, from nine to nine online maybe we don't go into that much detail, but like just reassuring through communication and through transparent conversations that um, we don't need to, yeah, that, that kind of uh, behavior or activity shouldn't, should actually uh, not be accepted. And Rashida, because, um, and I think this is also a question for Sambrita as well. This lady has, uh, this lady has the following comment. So if you think about it, from an academic side, in psychology, it started all from observing behavior. It was giving data to learn more about human, but also to improve it. I feel like, is my data safe? Because it's, it's private information. And especially with all these hackings and people knowing how to be a hacker. I am a white hacker, so that's why I'm sharing this. I only hack, you know, things that I, I'm allowed to hack, but now I'm going <laughs> off topic. Um, is my is are the information of of the the workers are workers' health are they safe? Aren't they being sold to? I have heard cases in America where they are being sold to other companies that can benefit from them. Rashida, well, when I heard, oh, oh sorry, yeah. Rashida, no, 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 sorry, no, I can go, go later. Okay, well. Um, one of the things that was on my mind, and this is something I, I read recently that is happening in Asia, certain countries in Asia, where the managers and leaders are very much forcing the employees to keep their webcam on at all times mm -hmm. while they're working from home. 
And that is something that, you know, we, we have to think that even when I, I really want to thank Wendy for raising a very good point. But at the same time, imagine how uncomfortable it would be for someone to perform their job, knowing that someone's watching your environment and judging that environment. Our workplace is, you know, we it is someone else's set um, ambiance, but our home, yeah. maybe yeah. you don't want to share the background. Maybe you don't want to share where you're working from. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe that person is not very well off or has a lot of people living at home or has a baby or something to do with a parent and they don't want to share that environment and they're literally, literally being forced to do that. And uh, over there as well, there is no concept of psychological safety. It's such a hierarchical form of leadership that people are even afraid to speak up for the fear that they would not be able to proceed ahead in their career or you know, they would lose their job or whatever their fears are. Some of them are um, irrational fears. Some are very, very rational, realistic fears. So in that sort of situation, I think giving people that reassurance goes a very long way in maybe as Messalina um, yeah. mm -hmm. and Rashita mentioned about setting up a very open two-way communication. Give them a bit of reassurance. It's going, going to calm their reptilian lizard brain, which is very defensive and threatened. And once it's calmed and reassured, then that open channel of communication, it reaps benefits uh, as, the, as you know, we move forward into a new way of working. Yes, definitely. And I also would like to add on to what everybody's sharing, like pilot it first, you know, ask questions about who is comfortable uh, about coming back, test that, do that for a couple of weeks and then gradually add in more people and know that you have to be aware that people might be saying yes, maybe again, they feel some kind of pressure, but really find ways to connect to people um, if they really want to come back. Make it anonymous even, make it anonymous within the team so that at least they know, okay, this, this is the amount of people that we are wanting. And um, I'm speaking now from the Netherlands perspective because mm -hmm. we have a challenge that there are some workers who want to come back and there are some companies that want to come back. But the only thing is that we have to keep our distance, right? In some countries, we have to keep our distance for two meter. And here in the <laughs> Netherlands, we have the one and a half meter distance. Having that, having that uh, saying that, that means that your office can never be at full capacity. So if you have an office of 100 people, let's say that you can only maybe ask, you have the capacity for 40%, so 40 people now, have the flexibility to do that, right? Absolutely. You have to. I mean, um, the three pillars, the future of the work that we've often talked about for years and years mm -hmm. is right now. You know, we are currently yeah. experiencing the future of work, which is a dispersed workforce. Yeah. And the three pillars that will hold this workforce together are trust, teamwork and technology. These are the three yeah. pillars which we need to put in place. Uh, and exactly what Sangabrita was saying, if you lead through fear and by fear, yeah. Uh, you are not going to create uh, a team environment, collaboration. Your creativity will not flourish because you are living in fear. You are literally slashing across teamwork. You, you're creating group. Um, you're not creating that. You're creating that singular mentality. What's in you know me, me, me? Uh, so it stops collaboration, stops creativity, stops innovation. Um, and it increases disengagement in a huge absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah. it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there is nothing to win there uh, by leading this way. There's nothing to win by actually saying you must come back to work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a time to actually, you know, one of the agile principles, um, you know, in the way of working is know your people deeply. And I feel that um, we, you know, we haven't done that enough yes, with our team. Yeah. We don't know our teams that well. And one of a great exercise to do is to actually, you know, do a mini engagement survey with your teams. So I know a lot of organizations right now are doing a massive, um, you know, high, overall high level engagement survey. I'm saying great to do that because get a pulse for the overall feeling, but go a level deeper, go to the micro level and, you know, and, ena- and enable your, your leaders and your teams to have this discussion. Ask the question, where are you right now? What are you mm-hmm. feeling right now? Make it action oriented. Yeah. We've all gone through a loss. And this is from, um, uh, I attended a webinar recently by, uh, by um, Sven. And he actually said, we all experienced loss recently. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized that I was actually grieving. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of myself as grieving, but I, I am. You know, I lost contact with friends. I lost my ability to go out for dinner. I lost you know, the ability to go to the office. So I've gone through a grieving process. I went through the different seven stages of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I am now in that sort of reflecting mood. So I've gone through the denial, the shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of us are probably on integration. We've integrated working from home. It's working for us. We are happy. And we're now saying we're going to do the switch again and we're going to yeah. start the whole thing again. Yeah, right? yeah. People are not ready. People, People are, are not, not ready. ready. So and how are you, are you supporting this? Are you referring to this one? Yes, <laughs> I, am. I am. So he <laughs> was. He's sharing the monitoring can also be done as a safety feature to for to, uh, to remote workers when it comes to protecting them from work hidden over time, which is an interesting thing that we, you were sharing already, Miss Alina. I had so many questions while you were while you were talking, and I lost one of the questions. So I'm just going to share Jane Stevenson. Thank you, Jane, for watching. Glenny is also watching. Thank you all for watching. And um, I'm supposed to. Okay, I'm trying to 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 mold my brain to see the positivity in 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 uh, in monitoring, yeah. and uh, which brings me to the next question. So. A lot of people in the UK have stated that they want to continue to work from home. They don't even want to go back into the office full time. Um, is this the new normal? Well, I think it depends. When did, when did they stop going to work? Were they a few weeks behind us? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I think the UK started uh, one week after us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think that um, hopefully we will not see a new normal because mm-hmm. normal means going back to um, standards, you know, comfort uh, and boxes, and mm-hmm. we don't want that. We want, you know, we, we actually want to move away from that. I think what we're seeing is is a new reality, and we, we're at, we're at that sort of tipping point. We're together with our employees, together with one another, we can co-create what this new reality looks like, and yeah. so I think that is a bit more human, more more people centered. That brings a better balance to our yeah. lives. You know, to think that I, I actually used to see my children only for one hour each evening after work. Yeah. And I, th- and I thought that was okay. Um, yeah. and, and I never yeah. thought much of it. You know, and whilst I've struggled also with the reality mm-hmm. of the current situation, you know, going forward, I want a better balance. I want to be more yeah. present, you know, for, for yeah. my children, for my family, but for my friends also. I think, I think a lot of parents, a lot of parents, but also a lot of people who are in a loving situation really feel like they are connecting now with each other. 
right? Um, my son had to get used to us being at home and being bossy from time to time, especially me. But um, he, we connected in a serious way. In the beginning, we were forced to play a lot of games, a lot of games, but now we managed to play Monopoly from time to time. And then has brought a new dynamic within the family. And um, Sambrita yeah. is, would you rather go to an office or would you rather stay home working or would you rather have it both equally? Yeah, why must we? Why must it be either or? That's what's going on in my mm -hmm. mind. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the so two things that come to my mind, and one of them, first of all, let me just address the comment over there in the chat box. It's very mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, um, I think Sven mentioned that monitoring can be a safety feature to remote workers when it comes to protecting them from working hidden overtime. Thank you so yeah. much for mentioning that, Sven. It mm -hmm. actually reminds me of this conversation I was having with a, a friend of mine who works in a me mega energy company. And he said, he said, our company is doing so many engagement activities and I wish I could just tell them to stop it. Because mm -hmm. if they stopped, if our, if our managers and leaders stop scheduling lunchtime meetings with us, that's enough. Just don't, you know, let us eat our meals in peace. And if, if <laughs> instead of, you know, combining them and forcing us into yeah. these lunch meetings, work, work, work. And then once we're done and we just, we want to leave work and we just don't want to stare at our screen anymore, then we have to do engagement activities looking at the screen. <laughs> so one of the things that really, that conversation was enlightening in a way that uh, on one hand, you know, we are talking about, uh, yes, we want to monitor you and we want to make sure you're not working overtime. In that case, just let people be, which brings me to my second point, which is this time has also challenged us in the way we see our work hours and our work yeah. life. Yeah. Why must it be a strict nine to five where you're supposed to, you know, your your bum needs to t touch your chair and you need to be staring at your screen, which means you are a good employee. You know, the yeah. reality of the scenario is not like that, of course. It's okay to to take a break in the middle of something. It's okay to go for a run at maybe one o'clock. If you don't have a meeting, you have that 45 minutes in. I know someone who used to go for a run at 10, uh, a 10 mile run right in the morning Mm -hmm. from the workplace and she was able to manage it just fine so I think adaptability is is uh, something that we have to keep in our mind in the way we work I recently started supping it's the stand-up paddle boarding and it's the most fascinating insight it's taught me other than falling on, in the water and mm -hmm. feeling really cold is you know when the boats go by and you're learning to stand on water on that board you can't you can't stop that ripple from coming your way yeah. and you can't dig your feet into the board to pretend as if that wave is going to disappear you have to learn to relax your feet and let the wave go under your feet and and adapt your body your movement with whatever circumstances you're in it could be a windy day day more ripples and i think it's the same with work we have to be resilient we have to be flexible and adaptive I also have something to add on. Oh, um, yes, Miss Alina, go and then I'll go. Yes. Okay. No, I, I just, um, I, I just wanted to kind of um, get us back to whatever happened to um, the the notion of, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you do with your time as long as your work is done. Yeah. I feel like that has disappeared somehow. Yeah, it, it has. Right, then all of a sudden you are just your productivity comes with how much time you're chatting with people and how how involved you are with all of the engagement activities, etc. Where in the end, aren't you there to do the work and yeah, to yeah. 
yeah, to produce what you're supposed to produce. Yeah, and, and there has to be a shift, right? Going, you know, going from bums on seat, I was sat behind a desk. So from input focus, not even to outcome, you know, not even to output, but to outcome. What is the value that you're delivering, you know? Um, and, and that is what the focus should be on. So not how many hours you've worked, but what you're delivering, the yeah, value exactly. add. And I also Absolutely. wanted to add that I think that people seem to forget that when they were at work, all these small talks, all these coffee breaks, all these little things that they were doing to recharge themselves they for, they have forgotten that and i just want to encourage people to bring back those five minute breaks so if you need to dance i do my dancing in between and and a must have for me is working with music because that boosts my my creativity that boosts everything within me but plan those five minutes break and if it's a 15 minute break that you need plan those 15 minute breaks because again i agree with what messalina shared is we are you know clocking time we're going back to the 1900 while we are yeah. you know instead of you know instead of doing the work we're going backwards and this podcast or this broadcast is after listening to this, I don't want you to go backwards. I want you to go forward, be mindful of your health, be mindful of your time, and be mindful of what you do. Because again, we are not living for our work. We need our work to sustain our life and to cre our creativity. We're not living for our work. So I see a lot of comments coming in. So I, I guess I'm, I'm not going to go to the other topics. So Sven is sharing that fear is also, is also what causes people to work hidden over time and because they don't want to underperform. Um, Rashida. I mean, f fear is a, is a powerful motivator, right? Um, but we need to learn to, uh, but, but again, after a while, fear will burn you down uh, and it will, you know, it will actually, you know, come uh, right back against you. Uh, some of us have this sort of feelings of, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, you know, we don't believe in ourselves, we don't think we're good enough. But again, this actually also goes down to the level of safety that is, you know, within a team, within, you know, with, with a leader, you know, how open can we be about how we feel, what we're doing. Um, and I think there's a lot of focus on individual uh, on individual targets and goals, and we're you know we're increasingly working in a lot of a team type of environment. Uh, but there's a lot of focus on on the one, and I think. But we're forgetting. We are also forgetting that some of the people that are working in the workplace uh, or working from home, they are dealing with a spouse that might be working in in the hospitals, right, or that might be working in uh, the vital functions that we yeah. need now in the society. And if you have children and you're taking care of, you know, you're the only parent that is taking care of your child, then working during the day while everybody's online, it's not possible. Some people work, you know, in the afternoon or at midnight, um, no, in the afternoon or late because they want to work then and have their family life before that. So. Yeah. Why are we not creating that flexibility uh, flexibility where people can check in whenever they want to do that? Yeah, because it's a new situation, you know, and mm -hmm. then people were thrown into it, and there were no rules. So yeah. people were just trying to find their way. Um, so we need to create rules. We need to create, put everything in lockdown, put policies in place, put it on paper. I think it's, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's like with any culture that's forming, 
Mm -hmm. um, you're going to need to go, you know, up and down and, and really find your way together. And I think that's what's happening. Um, and I do believe that, you know, we'll look back in this situation and then we'll, um, we'll change the workplace for, to, I, I really do think that the workplace will become more human because of what every single person has gone through this whole uh, COVID. Why? Um, why? Why do you think that people are being more human? Because I also, I mean, people thinking. contact me, send me emails saying that my boss is is typing emails, angry emails, and I feel fearful to do anything. So I'm waiting until the dust settles, until the storm is a bit over to maybe find something else. I'm not yeah. saying all of Netherlands is doing that, but I'm hearing a lot about that. I'm not saying that it's human now, but mm -hmm. I feel it will be human because yeah. of the pain that everyone's going through. Yeah. And it's a pain that's collective. So these yeah. stories, you know, these things that we're hearing, it's not um, isolated in one country or in one industry. I think it's something that's happening everywhere. And we have a shared we have a shared frame of reference for the first time ever global. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Like, and conversations like what we're having, they're happening. They're happening in many different scales, yeah. many different levels. So I do yeah. feel that it's um it's a little bit of like a, a revolution is coming, you know, like it's, it's and it's happening uh, in pockets. So I, I'm really confident that after this, we will um and it's it's starting to change. I'm hoping or, or I'm being very optimistic here. Um, and that we will look back and then this will reshape the way, I mean, I'm not saying anything new, but it, it is going to reshape the way we work and yeah. how we treat employees and the transparency and all of those things. I already see, so my, my background, of course, is communications. So I already see it in the way people communicate in organizations. You know, we're not as uptight as we were before. People are more, the leaders have become more human because for the first time, I think in a long time, they're in the exact same situation as a person that is on the, the, the factory floor or, you know, um, yeah, at the lowest level of the organization. Yeah. So I think that in itself, you've bridged the gap. And I think right now, more than ever, I mean, as uh, Messalina, you, you beautifully put it, vulnerability is now the new norm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. every single person has learned it. Like some people might not want to embrace it, but there's mm -hmm. no other choice. Mm -hmm. And I, w I was in a call with an HR person the other day and they're, uh, it's a law firm. And they're saying, you know, all these lawyers, usually they come suited. They, you know, the whole idea is to look tough and, you know, mm -hmm. all, all about authority. And then in their very slick office spaces. But now they're doing it from home. And one of them once had this unbuttoned shirt because it was really hot. His fan was not working. <laughs> <laughs> His kid was, you know, came in, checked mm -hmm. out the webcam, the dog was howling, and yeah. it was a bit of mayhem. He did a great job, but uh, it kind of broke those superficial image um, of what we have in mind. So I think that way it's definitely humanized uh, the workplace, as Messalina said, as Vivian, you say, Prashita mm -hmm. um, as well, that we've learned to, whether we like it or not, uh, embrace vulnerability not only in the way other people um, are working and communicating with us, but also in the way we accepting our own vulnerabilities and accepting that it's going to happen one way or the other, it's going to come out. And by doing that, Sambridge, actually what we're doing is we're giving other people the opportunity yeah. and we're inviting them to share their vulnerability as well. You know, so yeah. we're, we're, we're leading by example. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Okay. When it comes Absolutely. to vulnerability, I have to also share this following slide because we are in a lockdown. 
the first week when um, we were in a lockdown, I was just like, oh, it's going to be over within a month. But after month two, I was just like, okay, this is, no, not after month two, but after a few weeks, I was like, okay, this is going to be serious. And not only serious as in what it is doing with people now, but also serious with what it will be doing with people afterwards. Will people be feeling safe, healthy, to go back to the workplace. Anxiety is something that maybe, you know, healthy people haven't dealt with, but now they're, because of this lockdown, they are facing anxiety. I have, um, I'm just sharing, I have a, an anxiety for when I see too, too many people gathered in one place, I'm just like, I don't want to go to that shop. I don't, I don't want to be there. I don't even want to go out of the car. That's what it's doing to me while you know, I love festivals. I went to festivals. I like the people, but now it's just like not for a year now. Rashida. Yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, we, we're already faced with this right now. Um, mm -hmm. We are transitioning um, to, you know, to going back to the workplace. You know, retail stores have already opened here. In fact, you know, the uh, supermarkets, pharmacies have been open throughout. Um, so you, you will see um, people who will be anxious either because they either have um, you know, any medical conditions, they either have vulnerable people living at home or they have children. Yeah. And I think this, this is the time for us to really, as organizations, you know, show up, uh, show our human side and really find connecting with these people and actually actively listening, actively asking the question, you know, what are your concerns? Uh, what are the difficulties that you're facing and how can I support you through it? And, you know, we, we have seen in the past two months how it is possible to work from home. We have worked from home. We have made it work. Um, so, you know, this is not the time to force anybody to go back into the workplace, but this is a time to show compassion uh, and support um, our employees through this phase, at least for the next few weeks. You know, this is a, this is a everyday evolving type of, um, uh, of, you know, illness or virus. And we need to be also evolving, fluid and flexible in our approach to it. True, so it's true. And also regarding the mental health, because it used to be a stigma and there is still some kind of stigma, but I do need to feel, I need to share this here because um, a lot of people are being Atlas, you know, the Atlas, the guy that holds the mo uh, Mother Earth on his shoulder. And uh, once maybe the kids are going back to school or maybe in a few months when things are gradually coming to a new new reality, a new normal reality. There are people that might feel the aftermath regarding that. And you have to be aware that regarding the mental health, you need to have support. You need to have people in the workplace who are trained in that and, and trained to support their colleagues or trained into supporting their, the coworkers because I'm expecting a next pandemic and the next pandemic will be burnout and stress overload. And we are now nudging the people to go back to work and to work the nine to five or to do the 40 hours and to do the 32 hours. But then again, how much of your workforce will be healthy at the end of the year, mentally healthy? Yeah, I think that's a good point. And especially, I mean, of course you will have um, experts that will know that, um, to support that. Mm -hmm. I think what organizations really need to do now is to look at it from, okay, A, we need to have a transparent culture. Yeah. But then part of that is then to really invest in training managers. Yeah. You know, training managers to have these conversations because mm 
unfortunately, you know, I think there, there's a huge um, amount of managers that are just not equipped to do this. Yeah. So, and, and also, I, I, I want to object to that. Mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from and I understand what you're saying, but currently yeah. the manager is like, the person is like, superman or superwoman they have to do this they have to do that they have to do this they have to do that but who's taking care of the managers <laughs> who's taking care no really who's taking care of them because now the managers are acting like the mothers at the moment right they are taking care of their whole of their whole workforce but who's taking care of them sometimes you need outside help to lift up and also as a manager if you don't know it ask for help Ask yeah, for help. Right. But that comes with culture and that comes with the training of their yeah. also being able to then, um, again, going back to vulnerability, yeah. having a transparent conversation with your teams, yeah. you know, because it could just be a miscommunication of them feeling like they have an answer to everything. However, they have very competent teams that could just, you know, um, that they need to look out for each other. Yeah. But it, again, that yeah. all goes back to culture and, you know, we can't solve that in one conversation. No, no, no. I mean, this, this lockdown exposes that we need to fix our company cultures yeah. in, a, in a big way, in a big way. Rashida. Company culture. Um, I recently posted about this, actually. I'm not sure whether you're referring to that. And, and you know, we all know the saying, um, you yeah. know, um, culture eats strategy for Definitely. breakfast. And I said, actually, no, culture is strategy. Yeah. Because your strategy informs your, your policies, your practices, your corporate governance. Those define your behaviors, your actions, and your values, you know, what yeah. you live by. So actually, strategy is culture. Um, so, you know, and this is the opportunity that we have right in front of us as organizations, as HR, as, as, as leadership, to say, you know, what is it that I want to intentionally see going forward? Mm -hmm. You know, how do I want to review, renew my workplace strategies? And, you know, we're at that sort of, you know, once in a lifetime moment where we can actually, we should be applying the, the, the sort of minimum viable product mentality to uh, our workplace practices and policies. What is the minimum that we need, you know, to make something valuable? Whether it's a project, whether it's an idea, whether it's a policy, you know. We need this to is very people. interesting because we are living in a high consuming world where we want the next iPhone, we want the next phone, we want the next gadget, we want a lot of things. The best internet, the best communication, the best podcast mic, whatever. We, I think that we as consumers also need to change the way we demand and buy things. Mm. I think for the first time ever that we have taken a pause and shifted our thoughts from what do I want to what do I really need, mm -hmm. uh, which has seen unfortunately yeah. the demise of previously very successful uh, organizations and uh, you know products that uh, were earlier a part of our of our daily life but now we no longer have a need for it and um, Rashita you were mentioning about culture and this comes in at such a good time because um, just the other day I gave a talk on where how do we create a culture that truly aligns and reflects in the behaviors of every person and it's literally from the stressor or the stimulus to the brain to the behavior to the communication to the culture to the presence and that ends up in building the meaningful relationships right mm -hmm. so uh let me give you a scenario and i how i wish we could do a poll and see what people had to say but i'd love to <laughs> have you think about it yeah. um i've done this before 
let's say we're all going back to work and you know we're oh thank god the lockdown's over we haven't seen another human being finally we can shower dress properly and by dress properly i mean actually wear pants not pajamas and then <laughs> <laughs> we we go back to work we're saying hi to everyone there i see mm -hmm. hanukkah going and then I say, hey, Hanukkah. We're walking towards the coffee machine and Hanukkah raises her hand and goes, achoo, choo, choo. Everybody <laughs> will look away, everybody will run. Everybody will like, we need yeah. to report Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. We need to report yeah. her. <laughs> so what would be the first, yeah. and I really love asking people this, and I do an anonymous poll because I want people to feel safe when they say this. And I ask, what would be your instinctive, you know, the gut reaction to this, instinctive reaction? Would you be defensive? slash threatened would you be emotional or upset or would you be meh calm rational every single time i did this majority of the answers were defensive and threatened oftentimes the second was emotional upset calm objective was either third or very close to emotional upset i've done this only a couple of times maybe five times in in webinars or sessions up to 50 60 people so it's not like i this represents all organizations but this does reflect the mind of people that you know how they their instincts uh, are and i think one of the techniques with also uh, behavioral psychology communication is to be able to hack that process of instinctive reactions stop you know hack that process midway and question to ourselves this is my instinctive short-term defense response. And the brain is a wondrous organ. Do I want to continue, allow this to continue to be a long-term response and solution? One that will be my reputation, one that will uh, one that will govern the way I communicate, the way I behave and build my personal culture. So a lot of times people are not aware of why they're behaving how they're behaving, why they're communicating how they're communicating so that threatened reaction which is often instinctive becomes a threatened personality or a way of communicating in general every time a stressor happens instead of being able to interrupt that thought process and say hold on this was an instinctive reaction and it served me well short term how do i want to handle this long term you know so i think trainings or or discussions of this sort in the workplace very honest very authentic conversations it can help people as well realize why am i behaving communicating the way i am is this serving me and my team long term? If yes, great. If not, what can I learn from this? How can I train my neocortex to be more calm and rational, to truly build a culture that aligns and uh, reflects our values? Definitely. I have a lot of people commenting uh, before. So I'm going to share the comments right now. So Wendy is sharing, I think people are just getting more awareness what other alternative different there are different from their usual routine and i hope that there will be different routines dependent on what each person needs i agree with you wendy thank you for sharing that and sven who has been a fan of this episode sven is sharing to transition to a normal to a new culture we need to sorry to transition to a new culture, we we will need a shift of what we call personal development or L&D. We need to teach life skills, which is very interesting. The most of us have not learned at home, especially or at school, especially EQ. I totally agree. I totally agree. We need to bring EQ back in the workplace, ladies. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah. on the agenda. Um, and the other thing is, of course, um, you know, change is going to be uh, the new reality, right? We are going to mm -hmm. change. You know, this consumer society, which you just mentioned, is also applying to employees, right? It's all about the experience, and, and, and we are we are consumers now. 
Um, so change is going to become very constant and we need to equip our, uh, our employees, our organizations to be able to deal with that, accept, embrace and thrive in change. Mm -hmm. And EQ is going to be very important. Emotional resilience, like Adriana mentioned, is also super important. Um, okay. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of reactions and I don't want to let people down. So like, can we can we go through them a little bit? So Sven, we love you already. Thank you for sharing. So he says, if the managers are isolated, then the culture is bad. The idea must be we all need to learn from each other and help each other. The two leadership model, models, you either have a team or you are one. Good. And Rosa is sharing building emotional resilience, I would say. Definitely adds to what you were sharing, uh, Sambrita and Rashida. Um, Adriana is sharing, um, I like the idea of not needing to choose one option or the other, work from home versus the office. Just want to be free to choose whatever works from us. And another comment that I would like to share is not feeling constantly on the rush is a great feeling of relief. This helps us to invest our energy elsewhere. And Gary, Gary is the main connector. Gary <laughs> Thanks, Gary, man. for being here. <laughs> we are almost at the end. And I want to give the stage to you and share something within one minute what is your final thing that you feel like people need to know before entering the workplace miss alina um yeah i think it's what we've been, we've been talking about um really ensure that uh that you're having these transparent conversations um that you're having um yeah that, that people feel safe that they can say if they do want to go back or not want to go back and in the end if you end you know whatever the decision is if you decide to fully work from home or fully not work from home um i think it's really important and then you you build some sort of cohesiveness towards what that's going to look like mm -hmm. because half half is a great thing but it only works if everyone understands what Means. Yeah, and, and everybody trusts it as well. Yeah, exactly. That you don't yeah. feel pressured to, um, you know, to. We don't want bullying in the workplace, right? So we just want to be able to, to ensure that um, yeah, the safety, the psychological safety of people are are addressed, and that there's space and transparency to be able to communicate that. Good. Next one minute, Sambrita. I'll be counting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is we don't know what we don't know. Mm. And as we move towards working whichever way we will in the future, let's keep in mind that before we react um, to whatever is happening, we think also of the state of mind of the people we're working with. Yeah. Try to think of what's their stressor, their need, what will give them the psychological safety and the ambience and environment to, to thrive. Um, and at the end of the day, adversity triggers opportunity. So with that perspective in mind, let's embrace all the opportunities that we will get working together in the new future. What is she um, I think for me, I would like each and every single one of us to, um, you know, adopt self-leadership and mm -hmm. ask the question at every single level, uh, and look out for, for our neighbors, look out for one another and ask the question, you know, what can I do today? What action can I do today that will help you go home feeling better than when you came in today? 
So how are we and our interactions impacting, you know, uh, each other? And how how can we uh, basically take the step and um, create uh, safety, caring, um, you know, and accountability for one another? It's time that we start looking after each other, not just ourselves. Definitely, definitely. I definitely agree. And I see so many comments now, so I have to I have to share them. Um, Gary is saying, love that Rashida thrive in change, such an important message. Embrace our in-the-moment humanity and stop seeking certainty. It's a fallacy. Absolutely. And Jackie is sharing, how do you bring EQ in the workplace? Okay, this is something that we need to do a second, maybe a next time conversation about because this is a whole nother topic. Um, if you mind, don't mind sharing in the in the chat within uh, Facebook, or maybe share it elsewhere so that I can reshare with Jackie. Then I'll let her know. Uh, Melissa is sharing. Has EI ever been a part in the workplace? Interesting. In I would say with some people, but it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, some people are totally EI and some people aren't. So that's an interesting thing. What one thing that you have to share, ladies? What it what do you have to share about this? Well, I, I would say not actually. I don't think it has been part of the workplace. We've looked at mostly IQ, you know, mm -hmm. when we do our metric assessments and assert, you know, ability um, to complete these things. We haven't really looked at that, although sometimes mm -hmm. we some of our training and development uh, programs may look at, at some cover some aspects of it, but not fully. I don't think we don't equip for. Um, yeah, I, I feel it's just a buzzword. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. Growth mindset versus fixed mindset, but we're not really doing much about it. Yeah. 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 And somebody Sorry? And somebody what did you? Sorry, I didn't hear what she just said. Uh, what I, said said. Um, I said that I definitely think that will change. Okay. I, I think that words like vulnerability, emo, emotional intelligence, it's powerful, but the word emotion, you know, a lot of organizations mm -hmm. hear that and they freeze up like deer in headlights. No, no, no. Get that away from us. That that weak, that weak. word that yeah. signifies, signifies people not being able to be adept leaders. But mm -hmm. if anything, if we look at Jacinda Ardern, who I have, a, I love that, that woman, what a human, what a leader. She has shown mm -hmm. us through her actions that you can be unflappable and firm vulnerable and empathetic all in one body and mind Why i wish not? she was she our minister, prime minister yeah. we need her here yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. and um again gary sharing adversity triggers opportunity so thank you for Absolutely. sharing that and i really liked everybody sharing the comments the comments were too many now <laughs> i couldn't <laughs> track them, but i want to say thank you to to the ladies to yeah, for sharing such valuable insights, but also sharing, you know, you surprised me with embracing the monitoring, uh, Miss Alina. So I am trying to embrace it and also, um, and also be mindful of your people. I mean, everybody has a different mind state, has a different background, has another storm, a different boat. We are all in the same storm, but we are, we don't have the same boat. So be mindful about that. And I would like to say thank you for being on this fire chat. I hope that you liked it. This is, it, it felt a bit newish for me. I'm going to try it out a few times more, but uh, thank you for doing this. And I hope the ladies inspired you all. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. It's great to share this platform with you. 
You're welcome. Absolutely. You're welcome. You so and for those of you who are watching this for the first time, this is Let's Humanize the Workplace, where we have conversations about humanizing the workplace. And if you feel um, any tension regarding going back to the workplace, listen to the ladies, ask your questions, and I'll make sure that the ladies see it. So thank you for having me. And until next time. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you.